Father, we thank you for another opportunity to sit with you. I thank you that these podcasts, Lord, are really about that, about hearing from you, about being encouraged by you, about connecting to your voice, and hearing what you have to say to us in this moment. And so, Lord, I just yield. I yield to your thoughts. I yield to your goodness. I yield to all of the good things that are in me in Christ Jesus. And I thank you that you are thinking through my mind and speaking uh, through my words tonight to every listener. You know exactly what is going on in their life right now, Lord. You know their prayer requests. You know the dreams and the desires in their hearts, God. You know the challenges that they're facing. You know the lies that are being thrown at them by the enemy. And so, Father, we just ask you to break through anything and everything, God, that would hinder us from experiencing the fullness of who you are in our lives today and every day, God. And we ask you to just speak the truth tonight. Release revelation. The revelation that we experientially can understand so that we can be set free. We give you all the glory, all the praise, all the honor for it. And we thank you in advance for all of the breakthrough that's going to happen as a result of this message in Jesus name. Amen. Well, I know we've had a couple of weeks off since my last podcast. So I always feel like I need to apologize for that, but I also feel like I shouldn't apologize for that because it's just because there's amazing things going on. We just got back this last week from our first annual uh, staff retreat where I took myself and my team uh, out to Keystone and we were there for a glorious few days uh, just soaking in the presence of God and blessing one another and spending time together dreaming and really just getting super pumped about what God is doing through this ministry, through this company that we are building together called Rethink. And so coming out of that retreat, as I was sitting with the Lord and thinking about this next podcast and what I wanted to share, uh, one of the things that I, that came up for me that I, I really felt that I wanted to talk a little bit about tonight. And I don't know that it'll be the full gist of everything that I share, but I really believe that not only is my team, you know, just an incredible rare breed of people that I'm so honored to do life with and work with, but I really believe that every person that God is connecting us with in this ministry, all of the people that he's sending through the school, Emerge School of Transformation, all of the the graduates that are in the graduate program are really, number one, connected to us by divine appointment. And number two, I believe this with all of my heart, just because of the numerous conversations and encounters with the Lord that I've had about it, uh, is that 
the people that are listening to this podcast and are, you know, following us on social media and getting our emails and, and partaking of the, of the, you know, the messages and the teaching and reading my book and, you know, just connected to our, our, our tribe really are a rare breed of people that are called to change the world. I believe that God has specifically anointed this message to reveal really the potential of each and every person that he's bringing to really encourage you and to also, you know, kind of, I wouldn't, I challenge you, I guess is the best word to say to, to push into the greatness that is inside of you. And when I say the greatness, I really am not kidding. I, I'm talking about the, the, the inheritance of the glory of the saints. I'm talking about Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the, the, the you that lives in union with him. And I say this phrase sometimes, but I, I feel that one of the things that God has really called me to do is to help people experience the Christ in them, to help people experience the potential, the glory that is inside of them, that's dormant, that's hidden, that has been obscured, you know, through really just a lifetime of learning a false identity and waking you up, waking you up to that greatness and to that potential and to the call of God on your life so that you are dreaming God-sized dreams. And I believe, you know, you know, not my team and I talked about it this week. We, you know, I am such a big believer that all things, this is one of our core values that we came with up with that all things actually are possible. That if you can dream it, you can be it. Why? Because God is a big God. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above, (laughs) the scripture teaches us, all that we could ask, all that we could dream, all that we could hope for. His power that works inside of us is so exponentially greater than we are able to imagine or able actually to comprehend. But the truth is, is that a lot of us just, we have such a low opinion of ourselves. We have such a low opinion of our potential and what we are capable of. We are honestly living in a state that, you know, I don't mean to be negative or, but I I do kind of, you know, call a spade a spade, but we're living, I'm just going to say it just the way the Bible says it. We're living carnally. We're judging things according to the flesh. We're judging things according to our emotions and, and what our physical senses tell us and what our, you know, our human experiences have taught us according to the, the rudiments of the world or the philosophies of men, if you will. And when we get born again, when we get put into the kingdom, the word says when we get translated out of the kingdom of darkness and put into the kingdom of God's dear son, I'm telling you, we have got to, we've got to get our, 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 we got to brainwash. We got to get brainwashed. And what I mean by that is, is we've got to renew our minds. We have got to forget. It's like we need almost like electroshock therapy to our brains because we need to have some Holy Ghost amnesia and we need to forget the things that lie behind. We need to forget this false identity that we were raised up in the world system and raised up usually by parents who honestly didn't know what it meant to be a new creation in Christ. 
who were not, um, you know, prepared to, um, teach us who we are apart from a natural identity. And so I just, I want to pause tonight and just let you know that if you are listening to this podcast, if you are connected to this tribe, I I don't believe in coincidences. I believe that God has led you to this podcast, that God has led you to this tribe of world changers, this tribe of people that are saying yes to the impossible, that are saying, yes, Father, here am I, send me. I am willing to believe. I am willing to believe for impossible things because you are able to do, (laughs) truly able to do the things that you've promised. You are able to do absolutely the exceedingly abundantly (laughs) above what I can think or dream. And so I just want you to hear from me tonight that you are not crazy for believing that you are called to greatness. You are not crazy for believing that God wants to use you to impact this planet. I I don't, I mean, it isn't about you. It's about the Christ in you. And I say it's not about you. I mean, it is about you, honestly, to the, in the, in the extent that you can believe. That is really what our role is. I mean, we are called believers for a reason. We are called to believe God and to believe the gospel. And I will tell you, the gospel is so revolutionary. I mean, if you think it's crazy to think you can change the world, well, honestly, it's kind of crazy to believe the things that the gospel tells you. Those things are crazy too. It's crazy to believe that, you know, we are perfect. It's crazy to believe that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And when I say crazy, I just mean it doesn't make logical sense. This is, we are moving out of the realm of logic into the realm of, of an inheritance and a realm of the good news that is so good. It's almost too good to be true. And so you do have to lose your mind. You have to lose your mind in order to step into the fullness of everything that God has put inside of you. And you really have to believe that God in his power, in his omnipotence, in his, you know, all reigning, all powerful, all honor and glory, all of his indescribable supremacy that he is able to do it. He is able to do it. So let me just take you to, uh, I'm going to go to first Corinthians today and I'm going to, I'm going to read a couple of, of scriptures here. Um, let me go to this place here and I want to go to verse 18. And I'm reading the Passion Translation, and here's what the kind of little subheading says before I read it. It says, the true power of the cross. And tonight I'm kind of talking about, you know, it's 
that when you believe big for big things from God, when you, when you actually start to take hold of your inheritance in Christ and you start to take hold of this new creation identity and you start to take hold of the call of God on your life and the dream that he has for your life and you begin to allow yourself to think big and, and believe God that he could use you, you know, you do feel a little bit, a little bit crazy. And I've, I told people for years, I was like, I'm either crazy or I'm not. I'm either absolutely out of my mind or I'm not. There is no real little safe gray area in the kingdom. I mean, it really is a supernatural. When I say supernatural, I mean, walk on water, uh, raise the dead, miraculous kingdom that we're living in. It is not natural. It is not logical. It is not limited by the laws of physics and nature. And so it is a little nuts. <laughs> so let me read this in first Corinthians, what the apostle Paul says in verse 18, he says to preach the message of the cross seems like sheer nonsense to those who are on their way to destruction. But to us who are on our way to salvation, it is the mighty power of God released within us. Okay, so to mere natural carnal people, the gospel seems just like foolishness. It's nonsense. Okay, but to us, it is truly the door to the mighty power of God being released within us. In verse 19, it says, For it is written, I will dismantle the wisdom of the wise, and I will invalidate the intelligence of the scholars. Verse 20, So where is the wise philosopher who understands? Where is the expert scholar who comprehends? And where is the skilled debater of our time who could win a debate with God? Has God Hasn't God demonstrated that the wisdom of this world system is utter foolishness? For in his wisdom, God designed that all the world's wisdom would be insufficient to lead people to the discovery of himself. He took great delight in baffling the wisdom of the world by using the simplicity of preaching the story of the cross in order to save those who believe it. For the Jews constantly demand to see miracle signs, while those who are not Jews constantly cling to the world's wisdom. But we preach the crucified Messiah. The Jews stumble over him, and the rest of the world sees him as foolishness. Verse 24, but for those who have been chosen to follow him, both Jews and Greeks, he is God's mighty power, God's true wisdom, and our Messiah. For the foolish things, listen to this, of God have proven to be wiser than human wisdom. And the feeble things of God have proven to be far more powerful than any human ability. And then verse 26, it talks about those of us that God has called. It says, brothers and sisters, consider you who, consider who you were when God called you to salvation. Not many of you were wise scholars by human standards, nor were many of you in positions of power. Not many of you were considered the elite when God, when you answered God's call. But God chose those whom the world considers foolish 
to shame those who think they are wise. And God chose the puny and the powerless to shame the high and mighty. He chose the lowly and the laughable in the world's eyes, nobodies, so that he would shame the somebodies. For he chose what is regarded as insignificant in order to supersede what is regarded as prominent. And listen to verse 29, why? He says, so that there would be no place for prideful boasting in God's presence. For it is not from man that we draw our life, but from God as we are being joined to Jesus, the anointed one. And now he, who, Jesus, is our God-given wisdom, our virtue, our holiness, and our redemption. And this fulfills what is written. If anyone boasts, let him only boast in all that the Lord has done. So in my work in Emerge School of Transformation and in my my coaching of, of my graduates when they're launching businesses and, and pursuing, you know, minister, they're doing ministries, writing books and writing works of art and, and just pursuing the dreams to really do incredible things, the incredible things that God has put in their hearts. I'll tell you, a, a big part of my job as their spiritual coach, as their spiritual life coach, is to constantly remind them to get them uh, their eyes off of themselves and to get their eyes back on the one who, number one, planned the whole thing, and number two, is actually going to do the work through them. You know, God doesn't put this call of God on, on, on your life. He doesn't say, okay, here, I'm calling you to do this, and then turn around and, like, expect you to go do it. The way it works is that he calls you to do something and then he wants you to allow him to live through you and to live in union with him so that he actually does the work through you. And I think this is one of the reasons why he does call the lowly and the laughable and the nobodies. He's calling the people that he is going to be able to glorify himself the most through. He doesn't need our talent. He doesn't need our college degrees. He doesn't need our, our self-effort. He doesn't, he, he needs our yieldedness. He needs us to be his temple. He needs us to be a living sacrifice. He needs us to get us ourselves off of our minds and to get out of the way so that he can shine through us. We are called to be carriers of his glory. We are called to be partakers of his divine nature. And honestly, you know, it's interesting for years, you know, before I, I mean, I've done so many different things. I mean, I pastored, you know, church for eight years. I, I launched healing rooms. I've done street event. I mean, I've really done most everything you can think of in ministry. And it's so interesting to me because so many years I spent in training people to operate in the supernatural, you know, to operate in the gifts of the spirit, to pray for the sick, to, uh, you know, go out on the streets and get a word of knowledge and blow someone's mind at Starbucks, you know, because they're just hearing God and reading people's mail. And so 
you know, so much of my, the emphasis of my ministry really up until probably about the last five years was just on, you know, training up the body of Christ to operate in the supernatural. And one of the cool things about that is that I don't think anyone is confused that they can heal the sick. I don't think anyone looks at themselves. I mean, I think sometimes they think, well, gosh, can God use me? I mean, I think they'll have those kinds of thoughts sometimes like, hey, will God use me to, to heal this person? Or will God use me to prophesy to this person? Or will God use me to, to bless this person out on the street or something? And, you know, I would always teach those uh, supernatural trainings and always, I mean, we're talking thousands and thousands of people at this, you know, I've done this over the years. And, you know, I would always bring it back to union. I would always bring it back to, in the same way, get your, get your mind off yourself. And I would say things like, you know what, you're not praying for this person's healing in your name. You're not saying, you know, cancer be gone in the name of Bob, right? Or in the name of Susie, (laughs) you know, you're saying in Jesus name, I command this cancer to be gone. And so you recognize that Jesus is the healer. You recognize that the prophetic word is coming from the Holy Spirit, using your imagination and your words and your spiritual ears, but, you know, words of knowledge, you know, thoughts are being deposited into your mind by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so it always seemed very, you know, it's very logical and and, and seems, you know, obvious. Of course, this is the Lord working through us. But there's something that starts to shift, I've noticed, when people are pursuing the call of God on their life. Or people are pursuing a dream that God has put in their heart. And there's something that shifts into this kind of false sense of responsibility for fulfilling the call or making the dream happen. And it comes out of this, this idea that we are somehow operating independently from God. It's kind of like Abraham when God said, you're the father of a nation. And then he went off and slept with his servant girl because it wasn't happening. And so him and, you know, him and Sarah dreamed up this little plan to make God's destiny for their family come to pass. And the truth is, I just want to say this, God doesn't need your help to make his plan for your life come to pass. He actually needs your surrender. He doesn't need your help. He needs your body. (laughs) He needs, he needs your cooperation in the sense that you become completely dependent upon him. Uh, I, I probably have taught on the scripture so much people are probably sick of hearing me say it, but I am not going to apologize because I'm going to keep preaching on this scripture until I see the body of Christ get it. But it's an incredible scripture that I do preach on a lot. And I preach on it specifically from the, uh, I'm sorry, from the message translation, because I just love, love, love the way it reads. Uh, And it's in Matthew 11. Let me get there on my iPad here in the message translation, Matthew 11, and I'm going to start in verse 27. And the reason I love, well, let me start in verse 25 tonight. The reason I love this passage of scripture 
is because once again, it highlights how God is not looking for super smart people. <laughs> He's not looking for the, the geniuses of the planet. Um, because the truth is in Christ, Christ is the genius. Christ is the genius. We're all geniuses in Christ because we have the mind of Christ. And the mind of Christ is a brilliant mind. The Holy Spirit was at, at the beginning of time with the Father when he said, let there be light. He's a brilliant scientist. He's a brilliant ph- physicist. He's, he's, I mean, what does the mind of God not know? He knows all things. The brilliant one lives in you. So we don't really need to be brilliant. We just need to be able to hear and do and say what he says say. So let's read it in verse 25 here in Matthew 11 in the message uh, translation, translation. It says, abruptly Jesus broke into prayer. He says, thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. You've concealed your ways from sophisticates and know-it-alls, but spelled them out clearly to ordinary people. Yes, Father, that's the way you like to work. Now, I'm going to keep reading in a moment, but I want to stop here for a second because I said at the beginning of this podcast that I believe that God is calling people into this ministry, into this tribe, into the School of Emerge, School of Transformation, into the graduate... He is calling people to work with me who are called to build the future, who are called to, I mean, we're all called to do it. But some people, when I I say this, you know, when I say we're all called to do it, God has an incredible plan for every single person. But not every single person says yes to that plan. And I just believe that he is building a tribe of world changers through this ministry not because they're so, you know, the know-its, know-it-alls and the sophisticates and the, and the, the elites in and of themselves. But they are the believers. They are the ones that will say yes and believe the dream. They will be, they will, they're the crazy ones. <laughs> they're the ones that will leave their nets and, and, and follow Jesus. Just, you know, just leave it all to, to follow him. And, The father likes to work with the crazy ones. He likes to work, why? With the ones that are willing to believe that he is who he says he is, that we are who he says we are, and we are willing to get out of the way and let the Lord have his way. I heard a a quote from Heidi Baker this week again. It wasn't the first time I'd heard it, but I heard it again, and it's been sticking with me. And this is what she said. She says, more gets accomplished when you spend time in the presence of God, then et, that gets accomplished any other way. Now, for Heidi Baker to say that, that's a pretty phenomenal thing because, you know, she's a little, fi- she's short. If you've ever seen Heidi, she's a tiny woman. And here she is transforming a nation, an African nation. As a white woman, she says, I'm not the right race. I'm not the right color. I'm not the right I'm not the right gender for this assignment. But you know what she is? She surrendered. She surrendered. She spends an enormous amount of time just on her face, worshiping God. It's not the natural things, God. I'm sorry. It's not the natural things that release the power of God. It's the foolish things that release the power of God. Over, over, and over, and over, and over again throughout the Bible, 
this is the story that God has been writing. I mean, Moses was a stutterer. Gideon was the dude hiding underneath the tree. I mean, even, you know, David, the least likely guy to be selected. You know, the father, Jesse didn't even bring him in to even let him be one of the ones that would be anointed. Why? Because he just thought that he's not going to pick David. He picks the... He picks the the ones that get left out. I mean, when Jesus was in his earthly ministry, he said, I did not come. I came to save that was which was lost. He said, I, you know, the sick are the ones that need a physician. He hung out with the, the notorious sinners. His disciples were fishermen. He didn't go to the temple and get the guys with the doctorates. He got ordinary people. And here Jesus again is saying, you know, Father... You reveal your ways to ordinary people. This is the way you like to work. And in verse 27, this is how Jesus worked. Listen to this. He said, Jesus resumed talking to the people, but now tenderly. He says, the father has given me all these things to do and say. This is a unique father-son operation coming out of father and son intimacies and knowledge. No one knows the son the way the father does, nor the father the way the son does. But I'm not keeping it to myself. I'm ready to go over it line by line with anyone willing to listen. I'm going to stop here for a moment because this, this is Jesus describing the way he fulfilled the impossible in his life. You know, in, in other scriptures, it talks about the father and I are one. The point is, I mean, other scriptures, it talks about in John chapter five, how of his own self, he could do nothing. As he heard, he judged and his judgment was just because he didn't seek his own will, but the will of the one that sent him. It talks about he only did what he saw the father doing. This is the reality. Jesus lived a dependent life. He lived in union with the father and he fulfilled the call of God on his life through the power of the Holy Spirit. He was an anointed son of God. In Acts 10.38, it says that we know that uh, Jesus Christ was anointed with power and with the Holy Ghost. And he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Jesus Christ was anointed. He was anointed by the Holy Spirit. And he lived in union with the Father. And he, his, the call of God on his life to become the sacrifice for the sins of all humans. That was the call for him to be the Messiah. And he fulfilled that not because he was God. Absolutely he was God, but he fulfilled that because he lived in union with the Father and he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. And that is exactly what qualifies you and I to do the impossible. It is exactly what qualifies you and I to do the same works as Jesus and even greater works than Jesus. That is what qualifies us. That is what equips us to change the world. That is what qualifies and equips us to do the impossible dreams that God has put in our heart. It was a miracle that made Abraham the father of a nation. It was miracles that caused Moses to be the deliverer that brought the entire nation of Israel out of slavery. It is an anointing that caused Billy Graham to be able to preach the gospel and, you know, see thousands and thousands of people come to Christ. It is the anointing and the father living in union with God that is, you see every single person that has changed history 
for the kingdom of God. It is because of their relationship with God. It is because of the anointing of God that is on their life. And you have the exact same Jesus. You have the exact same anointing. You are not less anointed than Smith Wigglesworth or Catherine Coleman or John G. Lake. You may not have the same thinking that they have. And so therefore you don't see the same level of manifestation as they did. But that's the only difference between you and, frankly, Jesus Christ himself. It's the way you think. And I'm teaching this tonight so that you can know that you thinking that it's going to be you that's going to do the call of God on your life is a way to set yourself up for complete frustration and failure. Because human effort is not what flies in the kingdom. Human effort is toil. It is a part of the curse. Human effort is you getting the glory. And Jesus Christ is going to get the glory. No flesh is going to glory. This is not going to be because you're so great. It's going to be because God is great. And this is not to mean that you need to have a low self-esteem. It means that you need to have no self-esteem apart from Christ. Your identity is found in him. You esteem yourself as one who lives in union with God. So verse 28 here, Jesus keeps talking. Let me go back there to verse 27. Here's what he says. The father has given me these things to do and say. You have things to do and say. God wants to speak through you. God wants to do things through your life. And you know what? It is just the same as what Jesus said here, that it is a unique father-son operation. I know you may be a daughter. I'm a daughter. But in Jesus, we're all there's neither male nor female. We are all sons. In Romans 8, it talks about how the entire creation, all of the universe is groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. That is not a, a maleness necessarily, rather than a oneness with Jesus. And so you have a unique father son, a father child operation that your life is designed to be. And the way that you fulfill your destiny is the same way Jesus did it. It says it's coming out of father and son intimacies, intimacies and knowledge. This means it's coming out of you spending time with God and you hearing God. It's coming out of conversations intimate conversations and revelations and visions and just all kinds of different kinds of communications, knowledge that's coming from God directly. It is a unique thing. So therefore it's not a generic walk that you're having. It's a relational walk. And if you want to get to where you're going, you're following the one that knows where you're headed. And has already gone before you and made the way. And from his perspective, it's already finished. And so how do I know that? Because from the father's perspective, the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. Jesus was just simply walking out what the father had already finished. And so it's not about you being fantastic. It's about you being fantastic. Because you're in union with him. So I love this because he says, no one knows the son the way the father does, nor the father the way the son does. But I'm not keeping it to myself. I'm ready to go over it line by line with anyone willing to listen. So here's the deal. I I hear this from people all the time. 
They're like, but Shalice, that was Jesus. Of course it was a unique father-son operation. Of course it was coming out of intimacies and knowledge. And, you know, Jesus was only doing what the father, you know, said to do. And, you know, he was Jesus. He lived in, in this place with the father. But no, 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 no. Jesus even here says he's ready to go over it line by line with anyone willing to listen. This relationship that Jesus has with the father is your relationship with the father. Why? Because you and Jesus are one. Jesus is the door, the doorway to what? The doorway to inside of the Trinity. (laughs) He's the doorway to inside of himself. So the, the same relationship that Jesus is talking about having with the father, you now have with the father. But you're saying, I don't, I don't experience that, Shalice. That's not the kind of experience that I have with God. Well, I want to say, how long have you been pursuing that? And have you really been willing to listen? And willing to listen means also that you're willing to believe. It means that you're willing to believe that this is true because Jesus said it. You will always experience what you believe. So if you believe that you don't have this kind of relationship with God or that somehow you're in a different category, then you're going to experience that. But when you step into Jesus and begin to believe that you really are one with him and that the same relationship he has with the father, which is a union relationship you have with the father. Well, let me say this. You begin to just acknowledge that you're like, okay, I'm one with you, Jesus. I'm one with you, father. I am willing to listen, Jesus. Go over it with me line by line. You have all these things for me to do and all these things for me to say. Share with me what you want me to do. What do you want me to say? What, what do you have for today? And you walk in this, this ever-present awareness of the truth of who you are in Christ and the access that you have to the Father because of that. Let me tell you, this is what Jesus is talking about when he goes into verse 28 and he says this, and this is in the message. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. I'll stop here for a second because you know why we get tired? You know why we get burned out? We get worn out and burned out on religion because it's all self-effort. It's exhausting to run your own life. It's exhausting to try to do something that, that God wants to do through you. It's exhausting to try to be something that you already are. Religion is absolutely that. It has us chasing our tail, trying to be good, chasing our tail, trying to earn something that's already been given to us as an inheritance in Christ. And you know what? It's exhausting. It's exhausting living independent from Jesus. It's exhausting living out of an identity that is not who you really are. And this is the, this is the antidote. Jesus says, come to me. What? Come to me. Sit with me. Sit inside of me. Come sit down in heavenly places with me, in me. And he says this, I, get away with me. Get away with me. He means get out of the distractions. Turn off everything. And, and listen, I'll show you how to recover your life. Recovering your life is recovering who you really are. It's recovering a way of life where you are not doing the work, where the father is doing the work. And there is a grace. There is a flow to your life. I will tell you this. You can get more done in five minutes under the anointing that you can get done in 50 years in self-effort. How? I don't know. But I do know this, God created everything that we see in six days. 
There is a higher way of living. There is a, there is spiritual work that we do that trumps the way things happen in the natural. What is God saying to you? What is God doing through your life? And how do we get into that place of rest? Because Jesus says, I'll show you. I'll show you how to take a real rest. And here's the prerequisite. Be willing to listen. It means you have to take time. It means that your time with God is non-negotiable. It means for those that I coach, for those that are, you know, a part of what I am doing in Emerge and through the programs that we do through Rethink, It means that they have journaling as a daily ritual. It means that you are listening to God. You are listening for God. And you are staying in that place of dependence upon God. Because this is the promise. Listen to this. Walk with me, he says. Work with me. Watch how I do it. And then he says this incredible phrase. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. In the kingdom, you are not earning your living. The Father is working through you to manifest his kingdom, to manifest his glory. And guess what? All that you need is in that. That's why in Matthew 6, it says, Seek first the kingdom and all of these things will be added unto you. The question is, what is God doing? What is my assignment? What is he calling me to do? Where am I supposed to be? I mean, when I got called, when I figured out that I was called into ministry and God called me out of my corporate job, he literally told me, I mean, I was making over half a million dollars a year by the time I was 25 years old. And so it was very successful. And when I was 33 years old, I was living in Chicago and he he told me, walk into that, that company that I worked for, walk in and walk out. I didn't give a two week notice. I mean, you think, well, that's not integrity. That's not, I'm just doing what God told me to do. I walked in and I walked out. And my entire life got organized around the call of God in my life. At the time, I was working uh, in ministry. I was working in Bill Winston's ministry in Chicago. I mean, I wasn't at that time, but shortly thereafter, I got, uh, the Lord told me to put my resume in. I didn't even have a resume. I, I remember when I, the hiring person wasn't even going to hire me, but they could not not hire me. They Finally, they called me back and just said, everybody they tried to hire couldn't get hired. Why? Because it was my position. But the point is, I moved my, I lived two blocks away from the ministry. Everything in my life revolved around the call of God in my life. And I will tell you, there are way too many people's lives who are not working because they are not in alignment with the assignment that God has on their life. And there are seasons without a doubt. I worked in that ministry for six or seven years, and then I moved here to Colorado. But every bit of that was preparation. And I had assignments that prepared me for this ultimate assignment that I'm on right now. And when you design your life around that assignment, and you become dependent upon God, and you are only looking to him as your source, you are seeking first the kingdom. You're doing what he's telling you to do because you're willing to listen. All those things will be added unto you. The finances that you need show up. The place to live shows up. The spouse shows up. Everything shows up when you are in alignment. 
And there are way too many people that we talk to every single day as we're interviewing people that are, you know, are, are applying to be a part of the school whose lives are completely out of alignment. And I will tell you, life is not supposed to be that way. Now, is it, is it struggle-free? Of course not. You can read the Bible. Just because you're in your lane and in your assignment doesn't mean that you don't have obstacles, doesn't mean that you don't have things to overcome. I mean, Jesus told the disciples, get in the boat, let's go to the other side. And the storm rose up. So yes, you're going to have resistance, but there's a completely different flow that happens when you are in alignment with the thing that God has called you to do, when you are in alignment with your assignment. Life is supposed to work like this phrase right here that Jesus says in verse 29. He says, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. There is grace for the things that God has called you to. There is, there is provision for those things. And if we cannot trust God to get in alignment with our kingdom assignment and seek first his will and begin to fulfill the things that he has put in our hearts, the dreams and the plans that he has put in our heart to do, then really what is life about? And I love this. He says this, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Why? Why? Why does he say that? Shalice, you just said we're going to have troubles. We're going to have... We're going to have things come against us. Well, listen, when the father is doing the work, when the storm rises up, you know how easy it is to get it to shut up? It's one word, peace. It's not that there's not resistance. It's just that you always triumph. It's just that you win your battles, not with the weapons of, of natural carnal weapons, you are, you are overcoming by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. You are operating as a son. You are speaking to things. You are, you are in prayer. You are like Jehoshaphat. You're worshiping. And, and your worship just confuses the heck out of the enemy. There's nothing hard or ill-fitting. It's supernatural. The father is, is causing you to triumph. He's causing you to overcome. I love this. It says... The last part of this, Jesus says, keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Why? Because it's not your responsibility. His yoke is easy. Why? Because he's pulling the hard weight. He's doing the work. And if you're working, well, what's he doing? He's resting? No, we rest. We rest. We rest. We rest. We rest. We do what we see the father doing. We rest. We, when it says rest, it means we, we stay in alignment with the vine. We stay connected to his voice. We see what he's telling us to do, and we do it by the grace and the unction of the Holy Spirit. You were created for greatness, beloved. You have more potential than you can fathom inside of you. And God has things that he wants to accomplish through you. He has, he has goals that he's setting for you. He has assignments that he's wanting you to accomplish. He has books for you to write. He has businesses for you to do. He has gifts and talents inside of you that are, are to bless 
ministries and, and employers and, and places that you are being called to come alongside and, and release the kingdom through. And so I want to encourage you tonight to really, really recognize that this is not about how smart you are, how gifted you are. This is about how anointed you are. This is about how much of the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. This is about how much Jesus is in you. And guess what? It's the fullness of the Godhead. It is the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead. You have more than enough God to get the job done. You have more than enough Jesus to get the job done. So what's the, what's the, what's the secret? Intimacy. Intimacy with God. Union with God. Living out of your true identity as his beloved. Listening to what the Father is speaking, to what Jesus is saying, to what the Holy Spirit is prompting you to do. And then stepping out and doing it. And doing it and doing it. There's a another scripture again. I feel like I, I go back to these same ones, but they just bear noting. And it's a great scripture to start your day. Every single day you can get up because this is a, I believe this is how Jesus lived his life because that's what the scriptures say. But in John 530, specifically in the voice translation, and we'll wrap up with the scripture. And I know I go to this one quite a bit. Let me get to the voice translation here. John 530. Here's what it says. So powerful. I have not ever acted and will not in the future act on my own. I listen to the directions of the one who sent me and act on these divine instructions. For this reason, my judgment is always fair and never self-serving. I'm committed to pursuing God's agenda and not my own. So beloved, every morning when you wake up, this is the scripture that you can sit down with your coffee or sit down with your tea or whatever it is that you do in the morning with your morning ritual. Get up early enough to, to get on God's agenda right? And sit down with the Lord, sit down with your journal and just be like, okay, God, I'm com committed to pursuing your agenda today. Yeah. I've got my, you know, tasks on my list here. I can see the things that are on my agenda. Cause guess what? Your to-do list is your agenda. And you're going to say, but guess what? I'm also willing to just pursue your agenda. I'll set this aside. I'm just going to say, Lord, your agenda. You make my agenda your agenda. What are you having me accomplish today? Because I'm telling you, if you'll get that from God, you will flow in an ease and a grace that you have only dreamed of. His grace will be there to do through you and do with you whatever it is that you need to accomplish. We get stressed out and we get overwhelmed and uh, we get all of those other crazy emotions that we get because we are disconnected. But when you come into this, back to this place of the Lord and you are working with him, work with me, walk with me. That's what Jesus said. It's called, it's called, <clears throat> what's it called? Walking in the spirit. Walking in the spirit. And when we walk that way and we just pursue God's agenda, listen, Jesus said, I have never acted and won't in the future act on my own. Like that is an incredible statement for Jesus to say. 
And so, beloved, I want you to get out of this independent mindset and get your eyes off of yourself. Yes, God's given you big dreams. Yes, there's a call of God. Yes, there's dreams in your heart that seem bigger than you. Well, of course they're bigger than you. Otherwise, God's not going to get any glory. It'd just be, you know, the Bob show, the Tracy show. No, no, no. This is the Jesus show. Jesus is going to get the glory through your life. And so this is the key. It's, it's really not about me, right? That's the key. It's not about me. He uses the foolish things to confound the wise. He's not looking for sophisticates and know-it-alls. He's looking for temples. He's looking for branches. He's looking for vessels. He's looking for living sacrifices. And guess what? That's all of us. And so I, I'm going to pray tonight, Father. I just thank you that you're doing the work. Through every single one of uh, these listeners today, Lord, you are doing the work. You are causing the kingdom to be manifest through their lives. And whatever they need, whatever they need is going to be provided, Father, because you said when you seek first the kingdom, all these things will be added unto you. So whatever they need to get in alignment, Lord, I just release it. Whatever they need, Father, to complete their assignment, I release it, God. And I just decree and declare right now, Father, that they hear your voice clearly because that is their birthright. They live inside of you. They have access to your thoughts, to your innermost secret thoughts, emotions. And Lord, your heart is beating within us. We are one with your heart, one with your mind, one with you. We are your body, Jesus. And so I just declare connection, 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 intimacy, intimate knowledge, God. Jesus, we are listening. Go over it with us line by line. We surrender our lives. We surrender our very, every faculty to you, Lord. We are your inheritance, Father. We are your possession. Use us to glorify Jesus. And build the kingdom. We say yes to your dreams, yes to your plans, yes to your purposes. And we thank you, God, that you are faithful. You will finish the good work that you've began in us. You will bring it to completion. You are the author and the finisher of our faith, Jesus. You will finish it. We live and we move and we have our being inside of you, Father. And so we can rest. We can rest while you work. And so we say, do a supernatural work this week, Father. Just just blow our minds with your ability to get the job done. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, as always, I always end our podcast by inviting you to be a part of Emerge School of Transformation. I was just looking at some emails this morning of some folks that had sent in, say, how do I enroll in Emerge? Well, send us an email at info at and we will be happy to get you into the application process, get you connected with one of our enrollment coaches and uh, get you uh, all the information you need so that you can get on the path to purpose, start hearing God like you've never heard him before and start living your purpose in 90 days. It's an incredible thing God's doing through the school. And if you're feeling led to do that, again, just send us an email at info at And then lastly, head on over to shalice.com and 
Partner with us as we continue to produce these podcasts and spread the message of the too good to be true news of Jesus Christ living inside of us. Christ in us is the hope of glory and these podcasts are changing people's lives. We are constantly getting feedback about how people are following us from all over the world. And I just want to thank you guys for continuing to sow into that, to partner with us. And if you aren't a partner and haven't sown, if we're blessing you, again, head on over to Shalise.com, sow a seed, and be a part of making this podcast possible. I love you. I bless you. And until next time, you are amazing. Because Jesus is in you.